I got fired from my previous job. I did not see eye to eye um, with the boss. Our um, mindset was not the same as with regards to customer service. And uh, I was also became chronically late. It was, a, it was a chore, I'll be honest. You know, the, the saying, when one door closes, another one opens. Well, in this case, it was when one door opens, another opens, because he opened the door and showed me the way out. So, <laughs> and I couldn't be more thankful <laughs> for that moment because it forced me to take action. All right, guys, welcome back to the Happy Agent Podcast on the BE3 Network. And I am Jeff Duggins here with you along with my co-host today, Mr. Mike Puma. And we're going to have a lot of fun today. We have a special guest, a very happy agent. Um, Lauren Fleischman is with us. So welcome, Lauren, fellow Gator. And, Go Gators. So I like to have that. And she even connected well and put the beautiful logo on the couch behind her. So that's a good thing. So Go Gators. And the reason we asked Lauren to be on the podcast today, and we got several hundred agents, and so we were picking some pretty cool stories. And so what I'd like to do is, Lauren, let's start the story from your perspective, and let's go, let's go from the how far back as you want to go. And let's start from, you know, before you even went to college, you were actually, let's start from Miami. Let's do the, let's do the version. So how did you... I'm going to start interjecting some of your story along the way, but start telling your story for us because it's pretty interesting how you ended up here at the production level that you're producing now as a top agent inside of this company. It's a really cool journey that a lot of people are going to look to and be inspired by. So let's hear from you. Welcome, Lauren. Well, I'm glad to be here. Yes, I um, started out, I grew up in Miami, and um, the first nine years of my life was actually in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, we moved down to Miami because my dad opened up his own bagel bakery. So, um, yep, I am a bagel baker's daughter. He wanted to open up his own um, business. So I know from watching him what it takes to run your own company and, you know, be the, be the last one to be paid and um, having a good work ethic. So, um, so from you know, growing up there, I um, eventually wound up at the um, University of Florida. And uh, after my four wonderful years there as a fine arts major, theater and dance. I see. I pulled off six years there. <laughs> six. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people go to school for six years, Jeff. They're just called doctors. <laughs> <laughs> the football yeah. season I mean the Gators doing so well in football I just couldn't leave it was, it was a good time yeah. I had to support it yeah I don't blame you <laughs> I, I, I'd stay if I, I could too you're being zoom bombed by your cat by the way right over your <laughs> shoulder oh yeah <laughs> alright so you're in Gainesville and <laughs> fell for a boy yep so yeah I met my <laughs> My then husband um, there, and upon graduation, he got, was able to get the first job 
and which took us to Atlanta. He got a job with Macy's in Atlanta and went there, uh, lived there for 24 years, um, raised a family and um, taught, got a job as a teacher, started out as a day in the daycare, then um, went back to school to uh, get my teacher certification. And um, yeah, taught for about 12 plus years, uh, regular school in the public school system there in the uh, Johns Creek Alpharetta area and also taught Sunday school and I still teach Sunday school here. And you were teaching four and five, fourth, fourth or fifth grade down there, right? Correct. Up, up in Atlanta, which is interesting. So you have a fine arts major, creative type, super, which is going to wiggle back into our story in a little bit here, but you've got a super expressive creative person, right? That gets up routed into doing um, teaching, right? Which is a creative in a way, but, um, not as creative as probably you, you could have been with your, and then <laughs> I'll never, I'll never forget. We were talking about this story earlier when we do our next level university classes, one of the ones that, and Lauren's been with us for about three years now, uh, three years in this last April, we just crossed your three year mark. So happy mm -hmm. anniversary, work anniversary again. And when we do our, our, and Beggins, Beggins university back then, now it's next level university. We go through personality profiles and the disc profile. And it's <laughs> so rare to find your combination. <laughs> Tell everybody what you ended up being, what you are with that disc profile. Oh, I was a, um, an 18i, um, which um, they never saw before, by the way. So, <laughs> and z zero analytical, which those that know me are, would not be surprised. Well, the reason then, why they never see them is because 18i's and zero c's, they, they <laughs> never even find the office because they get distracted by <laughs> stuff all the way there. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, the, the disc profiling is a really cool thing. And, you know, I'm sure we have some links on our, on our um, websites to them. But the high eye personality is super interpersonal, super people, people, super creative. Love to being out there doing something new. Don't give me mundane. Give me something new. Give me something creative. Let me go play. Right. Let me go have fun. Let me mm -hmm. talk to people. And then the analytical speaks for itself. But it's rare to find such an extreme as a high 18 is highest score as you can get. <laughs> and zero is the lowest. We got a high 18i and a zero analytical. So when we see that from a management team, we're like, oh my God, get the compliance team ready. Right? But <laughs> so I'd rather that because you can't help yourself. I mean, you're one of the top producers in the company right now. You can't help talking to people. So you'll go get deals. And the last thing we want is for you to actually have to deal with the deals because that takes you out of production. So why have you doing mundane work that you're going to hate? as far as making sure that all the little addendums are initialed the right way, all the stuff you know how to do, but you don't like to do, rather go get another one, right? So that's kind of fun to see that. So you did 24 years of hard time, right, <laughs> teaching. So hold on, though. Great grading for you as a teacher had to be miserable. Oh, oh my God, it was. <laughs> I'd, be up to, I'd be up till midnight writing lesson plans. You know, I'm used to just flying by the seat of my pants. I don't have to, I don't want to write it down. I know it's up, it's up here. And, you know, even though I'm so creative, always an out of the box thinker. And like when I took, when I, when I took that profile and I'm like, I'm looking back at it, I'm like, well, no wonder I didn't do well at my other jobs because I don't like other people 
telling me what to do, especially if it's not for the greater good of other people and in, in, in teaching it the greater good of the students. Right. So even though I could be extremely creative back in the day, you were able to be creative until all these other policies, you know, trickled in, um, you know, that even then I was in a box in a classroom. That was my box an office job that I was in a box and kind of handcuffed my creativity. Yeah, because you're teaching to a test, right? Rather than teaching for the love of teaching. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, so at this point in time, you're you're frustrated, but don't realize it, right? And this is, I think, so when you're looking back on the time, you're like, man, I wish I would have known then what I know now. But you know what? That brought you to now. So it was all part of the journey and part of the path of being happy, right? And mm -hmm. so you look at when you take your a. Everyone watching, you have your personality style. You're the dominant D and I and S or C personality. And when you're not in a space to be able to express your true self and true style, mm -hmm. the happiness really can't come. Because Correct. you're forced to do the stuff you really don't want to do. You do it because you have to, but there's no sense of accomplishment and that you feel like you like it's 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 worth it, right? And so you just have this underlying is this all there is? Where is the next level? What is going on? But you don't do anything because you look around and then you get trapped in that lifestyle and you get your checks every couple of weeks and you start getting there. And I mean, like a, a robot. Yeah, right. It's a hamster wheel and mm -hmm. you just, you, it's hard to jump off. So life happened to you in Atlanta and you migrated back towards Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. right? And this is, I think, entertaining to me because you, from a job perspective, you went from teaching to something way worse <laughs> yeah <laughs> from your personality style i mean you couldn't you couldn't have chosen hey let me let's look at lauren's personality what is a job that we can give her that would absolutely <laughs> destroy her soul right and then you just search that on monster.com and then <laughs> yeah so Land. not that it's a bad job but for you it's not exactly what you should have been doing and what were you no. doing tell everybody what you were doing then I was an office manager for a community association management company. Um, five years I was there. And so um, it, it helps me today because I know the whole other side of uh, buying a home and what communities. And one of the first questions I ask my clients are, are you a rule breaker or a rule follower? Because if you're a rule follower, an HOA might not be for you. You know, uh, a rule breaker, I mean, if you're a rule breaker, that might not be the best uh, match, you know, so I know all of that side with all the, the conditions, the covenants, you know, CDDs and all the boring stuff. Right, right. <laughs> Everything. Yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a huge skill set, though, because you're 100 percent right. I mean, I. <laughs> My wife gives me a hard time, and, and I know Jeff is and I, our minds work very similarly where rules are mere suggestions. Um, <laughs> and so when we were looking, you know, that actually came up, and we ended up specifically purchasing in this section of our neighborhood because it was one of the only sections that did not have an HOA. Um, and it was one of the reasons I did it, because as we started going through it, I was like, can I do this? No. Can I do this? No. I couldn't have a basketball hoop up in my front yard. No, thank you right? Like that's right. going up. So like little things like that, that you don't think about a lot of times as a first time home buyer, but mm -hmm. your personality and what you want to do 
right, at your house actually really does impact where and what type of home you should buy and in what neighborhood. So mm -hmm. um, that is a huge value set that is often overlooked. That's a great point. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. on that one. All right. So then you, as being a people people, people person, can't help talking with people. So you, your release is going to the Y, going to the gym, talking with people. And then I think you met one of our other agents through that process there too, right? Isn't that where you met Sarah? Oh, Sarah, Sarah and I went to the same um, synagogue. Oh, the synagogue. That's right. Your job came through the Y. I missed. I right. And, yeah. Well. And I, um, I taught, I taught her son in Sunday school. Very cool. So, uh, no, I got that job through just working out every day at the Y because I was unemployed. <laughs> so um, I went and worked out there every day and just talked to people and landed that job. See, and just talking to people because that's how, you know, life's interesting how just talking with people connects the dots a lot of times. So that's what right. got you into the community association management side of the world. And then... Right. That you had a you had some intrigue, some allure from getting into real estate, but you never took that leap. You were kind of around it now. You're getting closer to the world, being in it and kind of, but not really in it. And then tell us how, what was the transition like from you kind of being around it, and what held you back from jumping in, and then how you ended up jumping in. I think it's a great part of the story here. Yeah, I, w I felt safe in my mundane job. <laughs> yeah. I I was you know I clocked in, clocked out, got my paycheck. And, um, you know, Sarah said, well, why don't you come to a, uh, a career night? I said, yeah, you know, I should. I, I went to school and um, might as well go to a career night. So um, I said, I could always do it part-time. And then, you know, she laughed and was like, you can't do it part-time. I said, well, I'll go to career night. So I went to career night, loved it. And um, they, at that point, they were not yet opened uh, the Brandon office. So I got um, introduced to Thomas and we spoke and he said, well, you know, come, come to one our team meeting. It's being held in Apollo Beach because we they didn't have an office yet. So I did that and um, I, I was able, I was able to do that, but let me rewind. Um, it was my mind got made up for me because I got fired from my previous job because I did not get, did not get, I did not see eye to eye, um, with the boss. Our, um, mindset was not the same as with regards to customer service. And, uh, I was also became chronically late because I did not want to show up to work. It was, it was a chore. I'll be honest. So, uh, you know, the, the saying when one door closes, another one opens. Well, in this case, it was when one door opens, another opens because he opened the door and showed me the way out. So, <laughs> and I couldn't be more thankful <laughs> for that moment because it forced me to take action. And forced you to take action, and I, yeah. it did. The, the action wasn't to just go gun, guns a blazing into real estate. You still were guns a blazing into something, but you didn't really quite know what. Right. And you're, you know, you're right. lost. You're thinking. You got a million options, and right. you know, you've so, never been able to express yourself creatively. So you probably were doing a lot of soul searching during right. this time I, period. 
Yeah, I was, yeah, so I was unemployed and I was, you know, looking for jobs. I looked for three months and didn't find anything alluring. And I said, you know what, this is a sign. Get, get into real estate. So um, I had a lot of support from my friends and um, like I borrowed money from my friends to pay uh, my, the dues. <laughs> <laughs> and also borrowed money to get a new car because of the um, Yukon I was driving around didn't have any AC. I'm like, well, I can't drive people around in a, in a truck with no, with, with no AC. So um, borrowed money. I said, I promise I'll pay it back. And also my, um, my fiance, Jeff, um, helped me by... Lo um, loaning me money to get out of the debt I was in and cleared the slate so I could have a, have a fresh beginning. See, Lauren, I, I love that we're sharing the realness on this story because this is, this is real. Mm -hmm. And this is what most people go through. I mean, we have hiccups in life. We all have our issues. We have things that happen to us and wipe us out and get us in debt and have some issues. And question is what do you do about it and unfortunately so many people just don't do anything about it and mm -hmm. they just go through the mundane and one day wish they would have right and so I think you set yourself up for a little self-sabotage on purpose right whether you consciously did it or not and to give yourself the opportunity for something greater but I mean that took a lot of guts I mean you just you're unemployed you have nothing really going for you at this moment in time you're borrowing money from people and you're like I can do it Right. Where did the drive come from? Like, what is the, what was the, the driving factors here? What are some of the whys? What, what kind of pushed you through? Cause you could have taken the bad turns. You could have been, you could have just taken the simple, easy mundane again, and you could have still been doing something you hated right now. So what was the reason? How did you push through into this? Because guys, guys, you're watching, this is three years ago. This is recent history. Like this is like a blink of an eye ago in reality, the way time kind of moves by. And what a transformation from then until now. So this is why I love this part of that story. But what was it? What was the juice for you? How did it happen? Well, um, single mom of four. That's my why. Four kids. And there was, I mean, times in my life that I had to say, you know, can't afford it. Can't afford it. Don't have the money. And I want... I wanted to give back to them, make up for all those times. Um, and, and I de didn't also, I also didn't want them to graduate with a mound of debt. And it, it, it was that, I mean, they're still, they're still my why. And I also said, I could do this. I need to take control of my life. I am tired. I don't like people telling me what to do. I need to be my own boss. I need to get organized. I need to clean, clean the slate and write, write a new story going, go, going from here forward. It's never too late to rewrite a story. I love it. I love and it. you know, so it's funny though, when, when you first start and you, you do your dream board, I remember my first dream board. There's a yacht. 
there's a home on the water, even a, probably a private airplane. And you're like, okay, this, this is not, this is not real. Um, you, you just get a hold of yourself and like, okay, you know what I want to be? I want to be debt free. I want to pay. I'm going to pay back the money I borrowed from people and get on my feet and actually start saving money for the greater good. But, um, yeah. That's, that's a, the evolution though, that comes in this business because, you know, Jeff and I hit it all the time, even on this podcast series where it's, it's very important that your ambition aligns with your reality, right? So if I say I want to do this, my actions, everything around it actually has to align and I have to really want to do it. And I think to your point, when people first get into real estate, it's, oh, I'm going to go make millions and millions of dollars. And the (laughs) reality is you could, right? You're in an industry where you really could there and plenty of people have done it. You can do it. The question is becomes, do you really want it? And what is it more immediate, right? Because you may want that, but you may want that five years from now. Mm -hmm. So what do we need, right? And that's that's where we always start with our agents is let's first, before we get there, let's, let's get real. What do we really need? What's the level of income we need to pay our bills? That's the realization you had. And quite honestly, you probably didn't really want the yacht. Now, you're now three years in. You've built a very nice business that's continuing to grow. You're continuing to get better and better. I mean, to be honest, at three years in this business, you're still new, right? Mm-hmm. You're still, yeah. you're still yeah. learning. There's still a lot of stuff you haven't seen. So you're still very, very early on, but you've had a lot of success very quickly, which means that dream board's going to start evolving. Your mm-hmm. kids are getting older, right? So you're, you're checking stuff off of that initial dream list where the debt's going away, mm-hmm. college is getting taken care of. You're starting to get those things. So now the question becomes, what's next on Lauren's dream board? Where, where is that evolution? Because now those bigger level things that seemed ridiculous right. after you got into it, all of a sudden start to seem, hmm, I could probably go buy that boat if I really wanted to, right? And so that's, that becomes the question is, what is mm-hmm. that, what's that next evolution? You, you know what was interesting about that? Take the, take the college tuition, right? Your daughter just graduated, right? Um, one of them, yeah. Number, one child, of them. No, child number three just virtually graduated. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Now, what, this is an important point here because knowing, knowing you, what was the chances that you were not going to make sure that they graduated? Zilch. <laughs> okay. Zero. And this is my point. Okay. So once things become a must, like there is, there's not one thing that would have stood in it. You would have knocked down walls, ran through fire, blew up buildings, ripped trees out of the ground to get the path cleared to make sure that you did that because you committed to it. And you, that was your job, right? And that you, that was the job you gave yourself mm-hmm. and you would not fail on that one because you're like, this is going to happen and there's nothing that's going to stand in the way. And there's a level of commitment that I don't even care what you want to say is not going to get in my way. Nothing's getting in my way. They're going to graduate. I'm going to pay for it. And they're not going to have debt, period, end of story. If you had to eat ramen noodles, right, and live in a car, you still <laughs> would make sure that that happened, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's, this is the most important part because 
the next level, the happy that that makes you happy. I think when you when your mm-hmm. head hits your pillow at night, and mm-hmm. you know the tough days and the stuff that you've been through, you close your eyes and your head hits that pillow, and you're like exhale and like, ah, right, mm-hmm. I did it, right. That's a huge accomplishment because you're so emotionally connected to getting that there was no alternative, right? Now getting the jet and there's an alternative, <laughs> right? Because yeah. it's stupid to get one right? Right. <laughs> because you have a real reason for it. You want to go charter one to go on a cool trip? Do that. Right. right? So that, I mean, that, but that's a whole different scenario, but you've got to get to the point where there's nothing that's going to stand in your way, no matter what it is. Right. And all those vision boards or goals of a fancy floating bungalow in Bora Bora right? There's a cool place in around the corner on the beach with a suite that you can do too, right? Mm-hmm. Until you say, no, I've always wanted to do that. I'm going to get that. It's going to happen. And then, the, then it happens. So Puma, to your, to your earlier point there, I think once goals become just absolute certain facts, right. you can't get out of the way. And, and I think being realistic about, that's why we chunk every, this whole world down into quarters, right? I know Q3, right we can do something like you were on, we were really getting into our for sale by owners, right? Right. For a quarter, making a commitment. We know in a quarter we can go make 20 grand, 30 grand, 50 grand in a quarter, a hundred grand in a quarter. You know how to do that, right? To think about buying the, the million dollar houses and the $10 million planes, right? It just mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. Right. So you short circuit your brain into a bullshit alarm start going off. But now you say, okay, wait a second. I could be out of debt and I could throw 30 grand in the bank in the next three months. That's cool. Right. right? And then in Q4, we say, well, I'm now out of debt. I got an extra 18 grand in the bank. What would it be if I had an extra 40? Well, shit, it would be nice to have a little beach condo. What does it cost to buy a down payment? 40 grand. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't I just go make an extra 40 grand in Q1? And then by next spring, I got a little beach place to have the, the girls come and we can go have a little retreat, right? And then that becomes the goal for Q4 and Q1, yeah. right? And then so, because everything adjusts and changes, but that's where I wanted to point out and remind you of how amazing you are to have accomplished the goals that were super important to you. And now as pressures come off of you, you now can make some more of them about you, which is going right. to be a point of evolution. I was able to, because um, I made a more realistic dream board, and I was able to check everything off um, except one picture. That'll come soon. That's when I sell, let's sell this house and move down to Apollo Beach and be on the water. Um, but I was able to take all my girls on a cruise um, in December, and I was able to pay two of, uh, two of my son's student loans off. That's awesome. That feels so, good. It, it, felt, it felt amazing and that I'm in control of that. I, and now no whatever. One's, no one's telling me how much money I can make because there's no limit on how much you can make. Well, Tom, Thomas Simmons is um, our partner in the Brandon office. He's your, your manager, your coach, your leader, your business partner there too, right? Mm-hmm. And he's vice president of sales for Lenar. He's a great guy, right? An yep. unbelievable leader and a great coach and a great manager there too. He raves about you all the time, right? And your commitment to it and the fact that you show up. So let's fast forward into the business for a second because last Q- Q1, you were the number eight agent in the entire company out of 450 of them, right? So that's a huge feat in a three-year time period to get up to that point. So what 
do you attribute your success to, to being able to get the income, to check off those things on your dream board, to kind of keep the mental clarity and the focus to get up and do the things day after day? What, is, what has been it for you? Because a lot of people watching um, are maybe the three-year-ago version of you that mm-hmm. are aspiring to be the current version where you are now. So how did you get from there to here? What, what's the success that got you here? Well, I need to rewind a little bit because I, right. I, left, I left out an integral part of what really got me um, sparked because at the beginning, you know, we all have commission breath and we all get attached to the outcome. And um, I was doing rentals at the beginning and, and, and you know, taking a few hundred dollars here, $50 there. And then suddenly I would get the, uh, you know, a few of the buyers and they would, I would be driving them all over the place. I finally got disciplined and made a schedule. I'm like, no, this is when I'm available. (laughs) You know, I I can't be at your beck and call, but I only had a couple of deals and I would just follow up with two, three people a day. And it's like, well, you ready yet? You ready yet? You ready yet? So you cannot get commission breath. You cannot be attached to the outcome. Um, and rewind. Now, remember I said my fiance got me out of debt and supported me. He also, he said, you know, after a slow start, he's like, you've got a year to get this going. You got a year. Otherwise, you're going to have to go back to a nine to five. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, it's on. Because nobody's going to put baby in the corner. And I'm not. (laughs) That was it. I'm like, don't tell me I only have a year. As soon as he put a timeline on it, it was on. I'm like, okay, I've got to do this because there's no way in hell I'm going back to a cage. I'm not going back to that. Not. So, um, you know, I started, you know, pounding the pavement and the door knocking and the calling. And um, I would just laugh when people, if I knocked on the door and somebody slammed the door in my face, I would laugh to the next one because that's not my problem. It's their problem. If they're slamming a door in my face, you know, that's on them. So, you know, and just you know, being engaged and listening to everything that every morning there's a, there's a morning meeting, eight 30 in the morning, everybody's on there, you know, wanting everybody to succeed. And, you know, like I said, I don't like when people tell me what to do here, you're telling us what to do for the greater good. You want us to succeed because if we succeed, you succeed. That everybody, it's ha- everybody is one big happy family. So it's, it is, it, it's showing up, it's being engaged, it's coaching every week. And at the, at the beginning, I would be filling out that coaching form to Thomas with a bunch of zeros, bunch of zeros, but I still filled it out. So one of these days it's going to be filled out. And one of these days I'm going to be a top agent. I'm going to be at that top agent function by hell or high water. I'm going to be there. And then I finally hit it. And then I hit it again. I said, now that I've made it, it's going to be a standard. I have to make top agent. 
I must make top agent each quarter. So um, it's, it's just a mindset. It, there's, I've never been at a company that just wants to see you succeed and gives you all the tools to do so. And coaching is just extremely important. So it's like when it was time for my 90 day review, I was like, Oh my God, I hope he doesn't fire me, you know, <laughs> because I had, I had one, one transaction and it was to my friend. It was like, Oh, thank God. My friend gave me her listing, you know, <laughs> so it was like, I was like shaking, like, Oh God, he's going to say, you know, may, maybe this isn't for you, but no, he, um, he, he, I say this all the time. He pats you on your back when you do a job well done. And he's also there to put his foot where the sun don't shine when you need it. Yep. And we all yep. need that. We all need that. A couple of interesting things I caught out of that. We have two, two levels of motivation, right? People work in different ways. You're either working towards something or away from, and they're both equally powerful, but they, they work differently at different people. I think for you, the away from was probably stronger um, than your towards in the beginning of your career because you wanted to work away from that cage. And you knew, I mean, guys, listen, it's not exciting banging on doors in the Florida <laughs> summer heat and talking to people you don't know, seeing who wants to sell their house. It's not the most glamorous thing in the planet to do, right? But it creates a lifestyle that funds your business that becomes repeat and past mm -hmm. clients. And that's just one of the things that works, right? So you, I mean, you went hardcore down and dirty into the weeds to go get business. That's how badly you didn't want to be in that mundane cage anymore. Right. So I think when, when you sat in your car and said, I really don't want to go do this, that the alternative was worse. Right. And exactly. then you started to realize that when you started to talk to people, they were actually kind of cool, occasional jerk here or there, but right by and large, everybody, most people were nice. Right. And I have never met a stranger. I have the gift of gab. I always from, I, I had dug up old report cards, you know, always getting in trouble for talking. Lauren's such a bright student, but she doesn't pay attention. She, all she does is talk, 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 talk. And any other jobs, talk, talk, talk. And the last job you talk too much and stay off the of social media. Well, bingo. We're talking, <laughs> here we go, you know, get on social media, talk to people. I'm like, why did it take so long? Why did it take so long to find this perfect match, you know? So this like, really is, it, this is made for you getting paid to talk with people. And, and be on social media. The, <laughs> and be on social media and have people do the detail work for you and hold right. you accountable to the numbers that you know you're not going to keep track of on your own. <laughs> right. And I have, have assistance doing the minutia that I'm not wired for. Right. Right. So what's, what's the advice? So I, what's the advice to the agents watching right now? And what does it take? Cause I think there are a couple of things for you. I think the, my biggest takeaway that I, from you is get something powerful enough to move you. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, that's an ongoing thing. Cause this is called the happy agent podcast, right? How do you become mm -hmm. happy? Yeah. And happy is not a yacht and a boat, right? Happy right. is just happy. So what's the advice to the agents watching this one? What would, what would you give them as a tip? Well, what makes me happy is being financially sound because there, the struggle was real being a single mom of four. And um, 
I just, it, it was a must. It was, it was just a must. I must do this because I was not under any circumstances, even at gunpoint, going back to a nine to five. It was not, it was not. That was the old me. And um, it's, it's very important, like I said, to coach and talk to, I mean, everybody is there. And what I did is, I don't know, I think I heard it, it was either on a Jared James or Mike Ferry podcast, which it, this is so true, and I was doing it anyway. You emulate the great people, okay? So anything I've ever done, I've emulated the person that was uh, several levels, you know, above where I currently was. So it's a shortcut to follow them, you know, other top agents that have been doing it for decades, they've already mastered it. So why don't you glean what they have already established and start doing it and adapting it as your own. So, you know, that we have plenty of successful other agents in the, in the company. And I chose to emulate those at the, at the very top and, you know, see, you know, made it my own what they were doing. And um, it just brings me great joy to actually, to actually be a part of my client's story. I write that on the card as part of my closing gifts. I thank them for letting me be a part of their story. It is an amazing chapter it's the largest transaction of their lives, especially first-time home buyers. They they need you to hold their hand from the the time you meet them to the closing table and beyond. I check in with them even, you know, their month anniversary, two-month anniversary, whatever, whatever they, whenever. Um, it's it's just an amazing feeling because whether it's an $80,000 mobile home or a million dollar mansion, it's still their dream. And we're here to help them make that dream come true. Perfect, perfectly said. And from your personality style and your empathy from teaching and your high eye scenario, you're exactly where you need to be. And um, it's, it's a, you know, I'm very happy to see that you went through the journey and went through all of the things that you did and the sacrifices you made that makes you really appreciate what you have now that, um, that yeah. a lot of people don't. And I, and I think that's one of the things that I see from a top agent perspective, those who under who get it right. And by get it, I mean, look, it's not about what anybody else thinks you should have. It's what you want mm -hmm. to be happy. And right. who cares, whatever that is, it's, it's X transactions a month. And you know, that brings up enough money for you. And it's easy to do it. I mean, you, like to your point, you can emulate a FISBO master inside the company if you wanted to do FISBOs. You can emulate somebody who's mm -hmm. doing well in expires. You can emulate somebody who's doing well in, in new homes. You can emulate somebody who's doing well on social. You can seg segment down into somebody's doing great on Instagram. Somebody's doing great on LinkedIn. Somebody's doing great on Facebook. Right. Somebody's doing great on TikTok. Right? There's so many different ways that you can emulate, and that's a smart shortcut in life. It's success leaves clues, as my dad says all the time. So. Why, why wait? You look at 20, a 20 year veteran, the agent in the real estate industry, mm -hmm. and you can look at them and go have lunch with them. And they're going to tell you what they're doing. Why right. wait 20 years? Go do it now. And you did it in three, which is 
and you are a consistent staple at the top agent ones. And I know that that's become something that will never change because you're going to mm -hmm. keep, keep doing it. Keep forcing mm -hmm. it. Puma, what say you? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, for everyone watching, the biggest takeaway for me here is what the power of being self-aware enough to align your skill set and your goals and ambition with action. And that's exactly what, what Lauren did. It took her a little bit to get there, but she finally realized, wait a minute, this is my skill set. This is what I like to do. This is what I'm really good at. Let me put myself then in a position to be able to utilize and leverage those skills and punt the rest, right? And as soon as she did that and that aligned with, I need to do these things and I'm going to do these things. I'm going to put my kids through school. I'm going to get this debt taken care of added with the pressure of borrowing money from friends. And I'm sure you're all out there, whether it's a creditor or a friend, there's a lot of people watching that owe money to someone and that mm -hmm. weighs on you and you have the mission to go get rid of that stress. And so when that mission aligns with you actually figuring out what your skill set is and what you're really good at and just going all in on that, great things happen. And mm -hmm. they can happen quickly. And they did. This is a prime example of that. You know, you just said it took six months and you didn't even have a deal. Right? Or sorry, 90 days and you didn't even have a deal. You had one, one deal from a friend. Yet here we are two and a half years later and you're a top agent in the marketplace. And when we say top agent, that's not said lightly. The number one transaction agent in our office did 340 deals last year. Right. So this is like, I mean, we're talking serious agents in our office and Lauren's consistently in the top 10. So anything is possible if you have a reason to go do it and you also are willing to actually be self-aware enough to know what you're really good at. And so for me, that's the biggest takeaway. And, and Lauren is proof of that. That's a, that's a great summary. It's a great summary. Well, Lauren, your story is awesome. And I know it's going to be a good inspiration for people who, I'm sure along that journey, you didn't know if it was going to work. You didn't know how it was going to happen. You thought about your, you know, the, the, the negative self-talk, drunk monkey, whatever you want to call it, creeps <laughs> in. And, um, but you, you just have to persevere through. And before you know it, you're going to get a deal. And then now you're starting to get repeat and referral business now too. Yeah. Which is the best reward in the world because now they start to come to you. And then you fast forward three more years from now, you'll be all repeat and referral. Right? It, assuming that funds your lifestyle, but if you ever want to kick it up a notch for a quarter, you certainly know how to get some business right now. And mm -hmm. you're recording yourself and you're coaching yourself and you're, you're listening to the recordings and you're taking um, criticisms and, and, and just comments and just to get better. So you're a great inspiration to a lot of people. I want to thank you for taking the time today to, to spend some time with us and to share this message. We've got people literally watching from all different places in the world right now. It's really cool. And so they're going to take a lot from your message. So thanks again for sharing. And I want to thank you guys for watching the Happy Agent Podcast. Hopefully you got some good tidbits here. And um, give this a like, give us a share, tag a friend that needs to see it. And um, thanks for watching. Look out for the next ones. Thank you, Lauren. Appreciate you. Thanks time. for having me. You got thanks, it. Lauren.